Hey everyone, welcome to Founders Fireside Chat, the show where we meet the next generation of startups and the founders behind them. Today we meet Ethan Glass, the co-founder of Parkplace. Parkplace provides parking operators with innovative tools needed to survive in today's environment. Ethan has a great story that I'm excited to share with you all today. Hey Ethan, thanks for coming on today. Really excited to learn more about yourself and about Parkplace. So let's just dive right into it. Do you mind starting off with a brief background on yourself as well as Parkplace? Sure. So I grew up north of Chicago. Um, I was fortunate to do some work with my family's company, which is in the office and school supply space. Um, so I did some sales with them growing up since I was like 10 years old and selling everything from like paper trimmers, staplers, and even toilets and fabric. And uh, when I got into high school, I got really involved in media. Um, I enjoyed like video production, editing, um, different softwares for like UI, UX as well. And uh, I ended up coming out to California um, for a few reasons. One, I was fortunate enough to play soccer for Oxnell College. Um, I was I studied media there, um, economics as well, and um, that's where I got involved in uh, entrepreneurship. And that's actually where I started Park Place as well. Nice. And could you give a little brief background on Park Place? What do you guys do? Yeah. So at Park Place right now, what we do is we're a B2B SaaS company. Um, we focus on parking facilities and, of course, the parking industry. And we, uh, we solve the problem for them of managing multiple different technology and sales channels by integrating all those into one platform. Interesting. Uh, one thing I, I love to ask founders is what's the problem that they're focusing on? Um, and obviously you're trying to, you know, solve some of the challenges in the parking space right now. So what is the exact problem and kind of how did you discover it? Yeah. So this, so originally the reason we got into parking in the first place was a parking nightmare around the LA Coliseum that got us passionate about the industry. Um, modern day park place was actually born out of a problem that we had as parking operators. And like we were running some of the commercial lots and even like home driveways and stuff around the Coliseum. And we had this problem where we were trying to sell our parking spaces on different sales channels and these mobile apps for parking. And uh, in doing so and not being able to dynamically price and dynamically manage inventory, um, we built a small version um, of what our current product is for ourselves. And then eventually we found out that many other parking operators outside the event space as well have the same exact problem and didn't have the resources um, or means to build it, build the solution themselves. And so that's where we came in and start licensing our technology. Interesting. And what does your technology do? How does it solve that those issues? Yeah. So if you think about it right now, you might have a couple of different channels like Spot Hero and Parkways. Um, so rather than giving Spot Hero 10 out of 20 spots and then giving Parkways the other 10 spots, what you might do it with us is instead give a pool of 20 and then spot hero can sell all 20 if they want parkers can sell all 20 if they want it's very much first come first serve um, for the parking facility they mitigate the chance of overselling their parking because no longer you're giving each one 20 spots and then you end up selling 40 out of 20 and you have a problem there um, but additionally let's say you want to change your prices um, from uh, $10 to $12. Rather than going into your different, uh, like what we call seller consoles or dashboards, um, or even calling your account reps 
Um, with us, what you just do is you go into our system, you tell us, hey, we want to change from $10 to $12, and not just Spot Room Parkways, but all of your different channels will then get the exact same rates and pushed out um, much faster than someone can do themselves, and obviously a lot more efficiently too. Yeah, for, for me, that, that makes a ton of sense. And I guess um, it, it would, I would imagine that operators, you know, would be um, wanting to implement this. Are you finding that sometimes there, there's some challenges and what are those challenges with really getting operators to adopt this technology? The reason we built the solution and actually pivoted our company away from being parking operators ourselves was when we were in, when, we were, when the pandemic hit, we were originally a venture in parking operators. Obviously, that was not a great place to be in. <laughs> um, and so with all the events and spectating shut down. So we, we ended up reaching out to around 3,000 parking professionals on LinkedIn, um, from valets to top CEOs. And this a recurring theme just kept popping up that a lot of these other parking operators needed um, technology solutions like ours, and they just weren't available for them. Everything they were doing was via Excel spreadsheets and um, just manual labor. And so when they found out that, hey, there's an opportunity through automation and technology to make this happen, um, they actually started asking us to license our software. That's what ended up bringing us into what we do currently, which is license, you know, licensing our software to these parking operators, is that we knew they had this problem beforehand. We tested it. We had to make sure that before we changed course of what our company did, that uh, there's a big market for this. And there's definitely a big market. Um, we knew the right ways to get into it and the right ways to scale fast and efficiently. And that was a huge part of our, uh, our pivot. And we also, of course, above anything, had the team to make that happen because without the right team in place, it's just, it's impossible. And so those were all kind of the puzzle pieces that came together that uh, led us to solving this problem. And, uh, technology out there that makes sense and it's interesting you're talking about this pivot um and changing kind of your business model can you touch a little bit more on that and what was kind of the moment where you realized that you had to take this idea and turn it into reality sure so i mean the the moment came after uh we had talked to enough parking operators who said hey you know if you license this to us we'll buy it yesterday and at that point, it was, it became something like, okay, well, right now events are shut down. We don't know how long this pandemic is going to last. Like we have an opportunity here. Let's start exploring it more. Let's partner with some of these parking operators, build out this platform as a SaaS um, platform and, uh, and kind of repurpose some of our technology and our team internally to make this happen. And uh, so that moment of when they said like, hey, we want this yesterday. That was uh, like kind of like the light bulb moment. It was like, oh, okay, other people want this too. It wasn't just us solving a problem that we had for ourselves. Right, that makes sense. And being operators, I'm sure it was really helpful in determining that problem and kind of working with fellow operators to help solve it. Exactly, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm wondering, so obviously this must have been a big shift for the company as you changed business models. What did you feel was the most important thing to get right first when you were pivoting the most important thing to get right so i mean we had prior to pivoting we had to fail at a lot of things we had to learn 
um, a lot the hard way. We had to kind of ensure that everything we were doing was progressing our company forward and moving the needle and that we were on track to hit our metrics. And uh, I mean, the, our original intention for 2020 was not to build a SaaS company. It was not to license our software, it was to scale our parking operations. Um, but to get this right, we knew that, okay, we have to, parking's a relationship industry. We have to align ourselves with the right people. Um, fortunately, a lot of the industry leaders kept like kind of talking to us and helping us guide like along that path to become um, what our company is now and what we're on track to be. And so a mixture of having the right people um, in our network and within our team, um, as well as being able to be agile enough to accomplish um, a full pivot. Those were kind of some of the parts that had to get that we had to put in place to get right, but also it's all the learnings that we had in the past. If we weren't parking operators, we would not be able to solve this problem today. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. And uh, I liked what you were saying about how you had to go through a ton of failures before you were able to um, you know, really achieve this success. Could you touch on kind of how are you able to build a, a culture within your team that's able to persevere through those failures? Can you touch on that a little bit more? Yeah, it, it's, yeah it's all about having the right people. Um, we, we have a core value of sacrifice, um, internally. Um, we also have a core value that the whole is greater than some of its parts. And so, I mean, my co-founder and I will be the first ones to take out the trash. We'll be the first ones to volunteer to do something manually and then go audit someone's data. Um, our whole team has that mentality of let's just get something done. Let's move the needle forward. Let's test, let's iterate, let's accept that we're going to fail and a lot of things first. And as long as we're progressing, as long as we um, are staying true to our values, and as long as we're able to measure um, where our bottlenecks are and how we can scale, that's, uh, that's what we look at every single day. And um, we all have very diverse skill sets. Um, we all have very diverse thinking. And um, so it's very important for us to continue that. And um, as we bring in more and more um, part team members, um, we're continuing to grow that and make sure that's a huge part and on the forefront of our culture. Yep. That makes sense. Appreciate that context. Um, and then kind of when you think about building out your team, how do you approach, uh, attracting top talent as a young startup company? And how do you really think about, you know, what your next big hire should be? Mm -hmm. So for us uniquely, every company is different. Um, it's important to hire within parking, um, for, on the marketing side, we're working with um, someone who has, was formerly the head of B2B marketing for a big parking technology company. She is just remarkable in what she does. And it's some, and she's someone that um, we are fortunate to work with part-time now and get full-time in the future. So we already know um, kind of the path on what we want for marketing-wise. Um, on the sales side, it's the same thing. Getting former operators, current operators, um, other parts of the technology space in parking very important to us. On the tech side, it's a little bit different. You don't necessarily need as many um, parking related engineers, but um, that's where bringing our network um, and our CTO's network um, has been paramount. So what we found the most success within recruiting is showcasing who we are as a team, what we're trying to accomplish, what our mission and vision is, or mission and vision are. And, uh, 
And if they align with us correctly, it's it's been very smooth. Um, each time we're hiring based off of what we need, not just based off of what we want. And um, everyone is very valuable, especially um, at an early stage startup. So. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. And it seems like you guys have scaled uh, relatively rapidly. How have you been able to manage that in terms of financing? What's been your approach so far and maybe some of the lessons learned along the way? Mm-hmm. So we raised a couple rounds in the past. Um, we're actually currently in another funding round as well. And in lessons in fundraising, a lot of it's about storytelling, um, bringing in similar people to a line of vision about how they can have synergy with you and um, where they can get involved that you didn't have before, what problems they can help solve. Um, we try not to just raise money for the sake of raising money. Um, it's very calculated. We have um, our forecasts for the next five years, and there's a lot that can change, and our, our sheets are very dynamic in that sense. But there's just so many lessons to learn from racing wise. It's a, it's a fun experience, and um, it's important to know that not every VC firm is for you and you're not for every VC firm. And so targeting the right funds and understanding what their goals are um, and how you can make an impact in their portfolio, how they can make an impact on you are all important questions to consider um, before talking to them. And also determining if venture capital is the right route for your business too. That's it's something that we've talked about a lot about in the past. Um, a lot of parking companies have raised VC and a lot of them haven't. And so it's about saying, okay, what is our what what goals do we have? Where are our objectives? And then what do we have to do funding-wise to achieve those? And so that's really been like our process and mindset going about all this. Mm-hmm. And when you look for those potential partners, what are the key criteria? Is it having experience in the space? Obviously aligning goals. What are those look like? Mm-hmm. It's a mixture of everything. Um, it's also the network they can bring in um, and maybe partners that we're looking to um, get access to. And so there's so many reasons to work with these different funds and a lot of them have different value adds of their own. And so we don't necessarily have strict criteria um, because we don't like to kind of put ourselves in a box. We'd rather um, create more of a platform and then enable um, someone to come in that we hadn't even thought of before um, to make an impact. So. We, we definitely have some basics that we understand of what we're looking to accomplish. And if we align in it, great. And if not, then uh, um, they're just great relationships to have. And you never know um, if someone can make an intro to another investor who might be a good fit. Yep, that makes sense. And you mentioned, you know, maybe finding a potential investor that can bring you and open up a door for a potential partner. Who are these partners that you're um, speaking about? Yeah, so for instance, um, we work with a lot of parking technology companies already. And so if there are ones that we want access to that we um, might be able to do through some funding opportunities or that could be a potential acquisition target as well, um, there are opportunities there. Additionally, um, in parking, there's a lot of conversation around the micro mobility space and um, other facets of transportation. And so working with a fund who um, can introduce um, new revenue streams for us, as well as a lot more value for our clients and um, improve our business overall. Um, we're looking for, for pretty much partners and firms that can uh, that can move the needle forward in ways that we can't do ourselves internally. I guess kind of transitioning off of that, 
how do you think about Park Place in five years or 10 years? Yeah. So right now we're hyper-focused on uh, solving the core problem that we're solving. Um, that's something that we're looking to get into 5,000 garages um, in the next few years um, across the U.S. For reference, there's over 50,000 um, parking facilities in the U.S. right now. And where our roadmap takes us is there, parking is a very fragmented industry. And so there's a lot of opportunity for us not only to integrate their different softwares and their hardwares and their different technology platforms, um, but also to bring in um, other industries outside of our, our traditional parking car landscape. And so speaking with micromobility companies and um, talking with um, other like OEMs that can bring in other opportunities for our industry, we kind of see ourselves as um, like that Switzerland player who can, uh, can really make that happen. And um, we've started getting a lot of nods from the industry. We work with a lot of the leading uh, professionals in parking already. And also coming from the younger side of the industry, um, as well as more of a tech savvy um, part, we have that kind of unique position where um, we can make a lot happen. And um, we are very conscious of not overstepping in different spaces where um, it might be better to partner than to build. And so build by a partner is always at the forefront of a lot of companies' minds. And um, we've had that conversation with many different firms in parking already. So Sounds like a great roadmap. I'm excited to see what happens. Um, so, so now we're going to move to something that I like to call the fast five. Uh, these are standard questions I like to ask each entrepreneur. I think it adds value hearing different perspectives. So starting with the first one, what's the most important advice that you would give a fellow entrepreneur? Yeah, most important advice, be excited, not just doing it. Be excited to do the work that no one else is going to do. That's what sets you apart. What tool do you think every entrepreneur should implement into their company? Definitely Asana or another project management software. Those softwares have been paramount for us and our success and keeps uh, keeps you on track and moving the deal forward, as well as communicating um, efficiently with your team. What's the most important KPI that you track and why? We actually have two. Um, the two most important for us are the amount of locations that we have, as well as the number of uh, integrations that we've built with other uh, technology companies. Uh, who's another founder that you view as a personal mentor? Mike Hill. He has been and essential to not only our company's growth and success, but as well as my own personal. Um, he's helped through two pivots in the past. Um, and uh, he's somebody I look up to who has exited his own companies, his respective spaces, and um, is really um, kind of the model type of founder that um, wants to give to the industry and continue uh, improving just everyone around the ecosystem. That's awesome. Uh, and then pitch your company in one sentence. So at Barclays, we are standardizing data in a highly fragmented industry. We do this through partnerships, technology, and integrity at the forefront. Great. Love it. Well, that's everything I have today. Really appreciate the conversation. I think Park Place is, you know, doing great things. And I think a lot of people are going to be excited to hear this. So thanks again. Yeah, thank you. I really appreciate you having me on. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to today's episode. Hope you enjoyed meeting Ethan and hearing about his journey as a founder. If you like the episode, please make sure to subscribe to stay on top of the latest content. Thanks again, and I look forward to taking you alongside the next Fireside Chat.